Okay, tap, tap, tap. So this is the first time we were speaking in person, which is interesting. It's nice to meet you, I guess. <laughs> this is very interesting indeed. Nice to meet you too, Alexander. Yeah, we've and, and we're, we're two Alexanders, by the way, which is double yeah. the fun, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I'm used to that because we had uh, another Alexander on the podcast, of course, on the Troublesome Turfs. <laughs> right. Exactly. But it's great to see that people are already starting to filter in. Um, yep. That's great. You will have the, the possibility to grab the mic as well later on. Um, so you can already check, I think, in the Twitter space that there is a way, I think, for people to ask for the floor. And then I should be able to actually give you the floor. So if, if one of you would like to test, um, feel free to send a, a, a microphone request, I guess. I'm not really sure what it's called in Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's, it's ask for the floor or something like that. Yeah. Very conference-like. <laughs> yeah, we, we should be used to this, exactly. <laughs> But nobody is. I mean, two years of the pandemic and, you know, we, we yeah. just can't seem to be able to. Exactly. Okay, we have one request. Let's see. Jan, you have the floor. Uh, Jan, you should be able to speak if you want to say hello real quick. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes, okay. sorry. It was a bit hard to work out that I had just been approved. So, yes, I wasn't going to say anything fundamental. I was just going to test the, uh, the, the feature for you. Yes, thanks. Thanks for helping us out with that. It was nice okay. to see you Has in, been in Belgium the other day. It was, yes. <laughs> okay. Alex, you right. were saying sorry. No, just uh, yeah, and I can hear it perfectly well. It's it's nice to hear your voice for the first time in my life, actually. Oh, let's let's hope it's not the last time. <laughs> yeah, <that's>... excellent. <laughs> okay, I shall mute myself again then, unless you have an important. Okay. Thanks, Jan. Thanks for helping us with the with the quick test. Thank so you. people keep coming in. Um. And I'll just have you know that only the first 1,000 guests can be shown in my list, but I don't think we're, we're going to go quite that high today. <laughs> oh, well, we, we might just, you know, get short here, given the immense popularity of the idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but I, I think maybe we can sort of uh, at least explain a little bit how the, how the idea uh, came about. Because um, Alexander and I, we, we were sort of chatting both uh, in public and, and in private um, about, yeah, I guess ch changes in our career, and we kind of realized that it can be a little bit of a of a touchy su uh, subject. Because um, as as you wrote, Alex, in, in your announcement tweet, uh, also is that it's kind of there's kind of a, a, an overlap between sort of a job and profession or vocation even when it comes to interpreting. So it's almost, I'm, I'm not going to say it's a taboo subject, of course not. I mean, we're talking about it right now. But um, it seems to be a little bit of a, a difficult subject to talk about, no? I mean, that's that's the impression we had. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I feel that you've meant, now, that, now that you've mentioned that it's a difficult subject to talk about, It's uh, it's it's rarely even spoken of. If that's my impression, really. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I remember I took part in a um, in a conference uh, a couple of months back, and there was a it was a Polish one, and th there was a workshop on 
on well it wasn't expressly about <laughs> looking for a new for a new job or a new profession but <laughs> but basically about uh looking for new well opportunities how to how to build new skills and so on and so forth and and that was yeah. you know there was this tacit um background to it that you know this is the the thing for people who might want to basically switch to a new job but you know the the the, the you could you could feel the um how to call it the, the reserve the um, the restraint maybe <laughs> to, to talk about I, I certainly wouldn't like to point it to to paint it like that that it's something super frowned upon that's not 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 my point but uh, sorry for 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 uh, speaking so much it's just there's one more thing that i want to say i've got a sure. small confirmation here from from uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, Ursula Rapatska, who's uh, I, I was also tacitly promising her her participation in in this tour space. Uh, Ursula is a good friend of mine, and and she's a professional career coach, and uh, she's on her way. Great. So she should be joining us uh, soon. She also used to be a the head of uh, the careers office at the College of Europe, so she has a thing or two to um, <laughs> to add here i guess i'm sure she does yeah so i just want to welcome everyone who's been joining us uh, in the last couple of minutes or so um maybe just for housekeeping again this is the first time that uh i'm doing space and i think you too alex so we're still sort of finding our feet and, and trying to make sure everything works correctly um just for you to know i think you see that uh, in, in the interface as well but this space is being recorded because um, some people had expressed interest but said that they wouldn't be able to join us live. So we decided to record it and it will be made available after the fact. I think it's definitely available for re-listening on Twitter. And we might even post it to the Troublesome Terps um, podcast feed. So the podcast in and of itself is on a bit of a hiatus, as you may know. But we, we um, since this is a bit of a troublesome topic <laughs> we might just post it there uh, we'll see um in terms of yeah logistics we just did a quick test with jan who was kind enough to to test the sort of speaking feature with us so if you'd like to you know share a story share your experience with us you're more than welcome to do so you just send us a request for the floor and then we can give you the we can give you the floor basically any time uh during this thing i think we'll probably go for about 45 to 60 minutes it should, doesn't have to be too long um and yeah alex and i will be chatting a little bit about that but yeah if you have any questions or you want to chime in absolutely do so um, we have a bit of a structure of course that we have in mind for for tonight but we definitely want to hear from you as well i will also be keeping an eye on the hashtag one nt career um this uh, i check if this is a tweet and uh, sorry this is a hashtag hashtag that isn't used all that often so uh it should be should work well to to be used tonight i will keep an eye on that on hashtag here on, on twitter and with that i think we can dive right in so my, my name is alexander um i used to be a conference interpreter i changed careers uh last summer um and uh, joining me is another alexander <laughs> funnily enough um who also, uh, I think, is contemplating a career change. I don't know how much I'm allowed to give away at this point, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure myself, to be honest. Uh, but I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to convince myself that I'm not superstitious. <laughs> so, so I'll try and, <laughs> okay. and speak freely about the subject. 
Great. Um, but, but I think maybe we can, we can just um, start with, not start, not start from the very beginning, but maybe we can just briefly talk about how we actually got started in the profession and what, we, what we've been doing um, in terms of interpreting so far. Is it okay for you if you, um, if you start, Alex? Uh, okay, sure. Yeah. No problem. Okay. Um, fine. I'll, I'll be monitoring for, for our career coach, whether she's joining or not in the meantime. Great. And, um, because I can't see her still, I know she's not a, an avid Twitter user. <laughs> so we're, we're sucking people in, into the black hole of Twitter. I know whether yes. that's a, that's a good idea. We'll see. It's bad timing in a way, isn't it? But that's a different <laughs> yeah, topic. It's, yeah. it's terrible. Right. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe it should be, you know, like like selling alcohol. We should put some <laughs> some some label on it. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah my name is Alexander uh, as well. So don't confuse us, please. Um, and uh, well, I started out as as interpreter around 2014, 2015, really. So not that long ago. Uh, before that, I uh, I finished the uh, the masters in. I got my masters in in translation interpreting at the University of Granada, which I'm mentioning because that was it. I mean, that was such a good time. I had such a good time uh, at the University of Granada that it, it basically was the, 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 the you know, the, the conference interpreting course, the conference interpreting um, specialty um, that, that when I realized that that was the thing I wanted to do. And I before that I had yeah. a big problem really with with choosing you know my my future career path and and it suddenly became clear so that was that was a fantastic experience academically and uh, and it sort of paved the way for for me becoming a, a well trained interpreter because that's that's always that's also important I think that I felt really well well trained uh, right um, from the outset. Which well later on I realized just how little I knew, but <laughs> I guess that's that's part of the process. Yeah, and uh, uh, t around 2015 I I went to college to the College of Europe, uh, nothing to do with interpretation, and uh, uh, this this period sort of marked the the watershed and 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 me being um, staying permanently. Uh, in the profession and and just uh, working on my brand and, and honing my skills and whatnot and um, the other the, the the last thing worth mentioning I think in this um, in this case is the fact mm. that um, shortly after that I finished my studies in another country I finished my 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 interpreting studies in Spain and then I moved back to Poland where I'm originally from. And uh, I, I knew absolutely no one. I mean, I was I was a new guy uh, on the block, and uh, uh, I realized that the, the you know the first I started frequenting these meetings for interpreters, some some professional association organized things, and uh, I I sort of realized that we didn't really have a, a proper representation. I mean. Uh, Mm. There is uh, Aik, for example, is a very little known brand in, in, in Poland. It doesn't do much um, on the Polish market, really. Although it, right. I, I wouldn't say that it doesn't do anything because, you know, the, the members of Aik that I know are, are absolutely elite interpreters. It's just it doesn't have the, the, the power for, you know, it's, it's not a household name uh, in, even in, 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 on the market. 
here. So, yeah. so uh, around 2016, uh, with a group of, of well, uh, mostly um, more senior interpreters, we decided that we needed our own association. That that's how the Polish Association of Conference Interpreters was born and is still up and kicking. And uh, I'm super proud of that. Um, and it's you know the the, the development of, of that first real sort of exclusive uh, professional association for interpreters in Poland was it ran simultaneous to my career. So so uh, yeah, I was being an interpreter. I was working as an interpreter, and I was working a lot also uh, for the association, sitting on the board and and whatnot. So so I could see the the profession from many different. Uh, points of view, so to speak. So we we, we mm, experienced a lot of problems that uh, you don't necessarily witness as as an interpreter that just you know that does their job. Definitely, yeah. Uh, we could we could see the ugly side of things. <laughs> so we even <laughs> we even actually uh, as an association uh, we heard of as you know um, some student interpreter came to us saying that they they hadn't been paid for for a job for an assignment and uh right we're so as 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 you know as, as very involved in all, all matters interpreting people at the association uh we were so outraged that we <laughs> we turned to aik and said hey people you need to do something about this because this student interpreter here in poland they, they 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 need their money and they need to be paid and it's an AIC member that's not paying them and uh yeah it found a very very happy finale that case um and so and so on and so forth I, i've got lots of stories here but i wouldn't like to bore you to, to death with with these <laughs> so the the conclusion but, is that yeah. that was that was a fantastic experience and and it's fantastic to to have been part of of the develop an effort of um of this market and uh of this uh, sort of realm of, of the profession through locally yeah yeah so you you have always been a freelance interpreter then right on the yes on correct. the polish market yeah yeah for me it's slightly different because i i was a staff interpreter for most of the time i freelanced a little bit um at the beginning of my career um and i don't know about you alex but i i never really um I think interpreting was never sort of my dream job in in the sense that, uh, you know, some people kind of know that they definitely want to become an interpreter when they grow up, that kind of thing. So, you know, like other people want to become firefighters or pilots, which I think you also are, but maybe that's a, a thing we can get into later. Um, <laughs> that, that's a good so, point. Yeah. 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 Um, I, th I think it's definitely um, a, a thing that where people have a different experience, but yeah, I, I studied interpreting because it kind of felt right. And, it matched my interests in terms of, of languages and so on and so forth. So I kind of, I like to say I kind of stumbled into the profession, but then really, really liked it. I think similarly to you. And I also started quite early um, sort of volunteering in professional associations. And that really does help you not only get to know colleagues and, you know, finding a way into the market, but also seeing, yeah, many more aspects of the profession. Absolutely. And, um, and things you wouldn't normally be exposed to. So that's definitely, and that's always something that I recommend to, to students is that they join a professional association as, as early as possible. But I think we can probably say that we were both quite happy 
no, with uh, with our profession, and we we kind of found our way into into a job that we really enjoyed, which is which is great. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree, and it's it's interesting that you're mentioning this this stumbling into the profession because I feel the exact same way, and I don't know whether that was also your case, but. Uh, I've had this feeling for a long time that I'm surrounded by people who had always dr- dreamed of, of becoming interpreters, which was a, a yes. completely, you know, alien feeling to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I was absolutely the the, uh, the the impression that I got at least not, not from everyone, but definitely from a lot of people who who seemed to really be following that passion, and I thought that was that was really fantastic, but not not quite the experience that. Um, that I had, I think. So um, at this at this point, I'm just going to say, you know, if you want to chime in with your experience, definitely do let us know. Uh, I hope I didn't miss any requests for the floor. If you have one, um, just push that button, and then we'll make sure that we um, that we get your your mic activated um, as well. So we talked a little bit right now how we got started in interpreting and kind of what our experience was. And um, I don't know, maybe maybe I can talk briefly about. Um, why I felt the need to kind of change tech, I suppose. Um, it's a slightly different situation because I'm a, or I, I was um, a staff interpreter, so I work for the European institutions. Probably also a good moment to say that I'm speaking here in a private capacity and not representing the uh, opinions <laughs> and positions of my employer. We should, um, we should, we should use some kind of a chime or something, you know? Um, yeah. um, disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but that also means that I'm in a slightly different position because in, inside the European institutions, it's actually quite easy and also encouraged to um, to change jobs and to move to other parts of the administration or even to uh, other institutions, which is what I did. So for the longest time, well, in, in my career at least, <laughs> I was a staff interpreter for the European Commission and then at some point changed to the Parliament. And now I... I uh, I'm a communications officer and, and in charge of public relations in the translation service. So I, I haven't strayed too far, I guess, from the original career. Um, I, I still do a lot with, with languages, um, just from a, a slightly different point of view. And I had interesting discussions with people on Twitter and, and on LinkedIn as well about why people make that move, and I think that was also part of the motivation for this for this discussion, because there there can I think be a lot of reasons why people maybe feel the need to to change and to to explore other things. So for me, I, that was also a bit of an overlap, I think, with the whole COVID situation, which um, definitely was was a big factor, and I think uh, a lot of you probably also found themselves in a situation where this this whole COVID pandemic situation at least gave you pause and maybe made you rethink some decisions or maybe it it sort of made you confirm and, and sort of confirmed you in your position. That's that's great too. But I, I definitely had the feeling that there was sort of more out there in a way. And um, that, I mean, interpreters are, are notoriously sort of very curious people. And I think we also are very we have lots of different interests and we, we like to pursue different things. Um, so I think for me, it was kind of the time to, to do that and to see what else, <laughs> to what else is out there. And I had other people also confirm that they found themselves in a situation where they said, well, I've kind of seen a lot of 
different sides of interpreting. So similar to what you said earlier, Alex, um, both the, the good and, and the bad and the ugly, I guess, um, <laughs> of, of the profession. And, and you've gained a lot of experience and you think, hmm, I wonder if there's something else out there that I, that I can do. And I just, I just want to say for the record that we're not trying to poo-poo interpreting. We're not trying to, um, you know, make a trend happen here. It, it's not necessarily that we're worried about a brain drain from interpreting or things like that, although we can definitely talk about these, but um, it's not really that. It's it's really about exploring sort of the different reasons, um, Alex, right, To that, that might lead people to sort of change professions and why that can sometimes be a little bit, a little bit difficult or a topic that um, is maybe less... Um, less easy to to discuss. I oh know. yes, oh yes, you're absolutely right. I'm actually I'm surprised we we haven't mentioned it earlier. Though <laughs> we're not trying to convince <laughs> anyone to just you know ditch it all and, <laughs> and leave. Uh, this is not, definitely not. And I don't point. think we could. I mean, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, um, Alex, do do you remember sort of the did you did you have a moment where this the whole process kind of started for you? Um. I first you I, I started to thinking s- about making changes, maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, f- first of all, I think, and, and I, I think we need to make yet another disclaimer. Maybe it will be a uh, you know a, a Twitter space for for interpreter disclaimers, but um, <laughs> but well, I, I don't mind really. Um, it's that. Um, oh, I've lost it. I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> don't it's, worry. Um, we need to. I think we need to uh, make clear that this is very, at least, well, I, that's my opinion, of course. But this is very, always very, very personal. So, uh, definitely d- depends on your career path, depends on your family situation, your geographical location, uh, and so on and so forth. So, this mm-hmm. that's the first important thing that comes to my mind. And uh, in, in my personal case, uh, I've always been interested in, in many different things. And that, that's, you know, that, that's a blessing and a curse at the same time. And someone oh, would say that, yeah. that an interpreter's profession is, is the perfect one for that, right? Because you, you, you have <laughs> yeah. the opportunity to experience uh, lots of different environments, meet lots of different people. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, I, I, I felt that I, I had that. Um, for a couple of years now, I, I can't really tell uh, the exact moment when, when it started, but um, there was this feeling that, you know, I only get to, to slide on the surface of certain things that I'd like to explore more. And I'm not, I'm not yeah. being even, nobody expects me to do anything more about them because that's, that's not part of the job description, right? Um, and, uh, I, I feel, I, I, I will speak for many different people here as well. Uh, when I say that the COVID-19 pandemic and maybe not only the, not just the pandemic, but, um, the aftermath and, and all these different consequences, um, that, that really came later really, um, gauged that, that feeling. And, uh, I, I did mm-hmm. reach a point I guess somewhere last year when I, when I felt, okay, I, I feel tired now. I feel tired of, yeah. of, of doing the same thing. I, I know I'm going places, you know, I know, I know I'm talking about different things. I'm interpreting different, different meetings, but it all feels the same. And, 
and it's just it's not it's not doing it for me anymore yeah and that's that's on the negative side there's a positive side to it which is uh that i simply i, I and, and it stays with me until today it, it's this this uh mm, also a feeling but, but the need the 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 um, how to say it um, yeah the the need to just learn stuff i mean learn new things and i mean expert yeah. things that you you can only learn on the job uh, i wouldn't like to get into too much detail here because it's uh, you know it's it's a perennial uh kind of debate but but uh it's just that there is there's only so much you can do or i can do because may, maybe i'm limited in this case but uh there's only so mm-hmm. much you, you can do uh on your own right just applying yeah. the principles of self-development and, and and whatnot it's just for some things and for people to also recognize you this way you need to have that one line in your cv or you need to have that kind of experience that's not superficial you know what i mean i see yeah that's that's a a, a good point yeah and i can definitely relate to that and we, we kind of did some preparation um for for today's discussion um and, and you said or you mentioned one of the experts is also the the need or the the wish to be a real expert in something and that's that to me is a fascinating thing because one of the things i i've always enjoyed about interpreting definitely is that it gives you access to so many different situations contexts and everything. You, you you learn about so many different things and, and that that's kind of the what makes the profession so attractive is that you get to look behind the scenes sometimes you know you, you see stuff that quote-unquote normal people won't see um so so that's great um but on the other side sometimes maybe you you, you end up in a context where you think this is so interesting. I, I would actually like to deal with this more often. <laughs> right. um, and I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to let go. I mean, of course there are also some assignments where you're, you're happy that they're over, you know, and you maybe feel like you, you don't need to <laughs> do those again necessarily. Of course, that's, that's part of the job, but I definitely had situations as well um, where I thought, hmm, I'd really like to kind of stick with this for a bit longer or maybe learn even more about this sort of beyond the, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, superficial maybe is an unfair word, but in in the end, it is kind of superficial um, because while you kind of pretend to be an expert, yeah, what, what you'll, you'll never be a real expert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, superficial and, may not be the the perfect word here. That yeah. you know, not ex. I mean, not expert level or n- not deep enough of a knowledge yeah. could do perhaps. Yeah, and I realize that that some people maybe have clients. Um, you know with whom they've worked for years or maybe even decades, and they are probably very close to being an expert on the topic at hand. But yeah, I, I just hope that people uh, know what we're referring in, in, in this context, referring to in, um, in this context. So kind of the, um, the feeling that we've seen a lot from the profession, that was an aspect that we've mentioned, and also um, sort of the, the feeling or the wish to dive a little bit uh, deeper into some things and not having to stay at the kind of at the surface um, of things definitely uh, another thing that we that we've come across when when talking to people was also um, another one of these points that really has two sides um, because certainly when you're a staff interpreter in in, in a big um, sort of institution or in a big company as well I guess the, the hierarchies are definitely very flat because you know you're all interpreters you all do more or less the same work you know maybe as a more experienced interpreter you go to 
you know, sort of a high level meeting or maybe a summit where, the, where you know, um, the big wigs um, rub shoulders, that kind of thing. But in the end, you're all interpreters. So the hierarchies are, are very flat, um, which is nice because, you know, in the end, you're all colleagues, maybe you're you know, chief interpreter at some point, but yeah, the, the, the rank and file interpreter is very, very nice camaraderie, yeah. right? That's that's yeah. not possible in very hierarch in, in highly hierarchical environments. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So that's that's definitely on the positive side. But then on the other hand, uh, or on the flip side, if you will, that's, that's what I heard from some people is that it also means that there's a bit of a lack of perspective, or not lack of perspective, or um, a lack of progression. I think some somebody mentioned progression. So there's not necessarily um, all these steps in, in terms of moving up a career ladder. And I know some people would maybe even frown upon that. But I think to some people, it's it's kind of a, an important thing to have in a professional career is this sense of achievement and accomplishment and of, of yeah, in a way, you know, moving up the ladder, right? I don't know if you ever had that, um, Alex, because I realize it might be different in, in a freelance context, but um, that's definitely something that came up in, in discussions, and that that is kind of an important thing for, for a lot of interpreters. Definitely, and it's it's something that I became familiar with uh, very early on, uh, but it's surprisingly, maybe, um, it's uh, it has never been a problem or much of a problem for me i have never felt it it would be a problem um mm -hmm. just a couple of weeks ago we had a uh we had a the general meeting uh, of the polish association association of conference interpreter uh, of the conference interpreters jesus i'm sorry <laughs> it's uh I, i've been uh, yeah i'm i'm at the um as, as i told you before uh, alexander i'm yeah. currently at the tv at the TV station here, standing by for for incoming broadcasts uh, here in Warsaw, it's been it's been pretty common in the past couple of months that we we, we interpreters are are spending our days and nights at uh, in, I mean not in front of the screens or TV screens but but yeah. in front of microphones uh, <laughs> because because war you know yeah always at the right and uh, I see. yeah. So, but, but nothing is planned for for tonight anymore. So, so it's it's looking good. Anyway, um, I've yeah. been here since nine a.m. So, so that's maybe. Oh wow, that's a long uh, time. <laughs> I sound a little incoherent. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> not too bad though. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, what I was coming up was that um, yeah, was that I had this conversation with a colleague that uh, and I told them that I was I was thinking of of uh, maybe taking up a new job and and. Uh, where we we had already had wine, so she got all pensive, and uh, and yeah. she said, you know, with very sort of realizing it, yeah, but I'm not, I I, don't, I wouldn't like to change, but yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, whatever I do, I'll always be an interpreter. I mean, there, mm -hmm. there is no there's no um, um, no promotion kind of thing for me there. Whatever right. I do, however I train, whatever I learn. I'll always be like this, right? The, the job title doesn't change, which is just an example mm -hmm. because I I don't think that's that's it, again it's it's really personal. I think I, I think it's uh, you, you you can't be you can't stress it too much. Really, that that it's very personal. You don't you don't need to be part of a of a of a ladder uh, to um, 
to to make progress you know and and to become Definitely. better at what you do but some people maybe do need that a little more than they'd expected when they mm-hmm. were just starting out right as as eg interpreters but that could apply to to many different uh professions uh alex uh ursula is finally with us great uh so our professional career coach ursula rapatska has joined the room i hope i'll be able to is just for for technical uh reasons i'd like to try whether she could uh take the floor if uh, given the opportunity absolutely let's see if this works hi ursula Can you just say a quick hello so we so we know that the microphone is working? Can you guys hear me? Yes. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. We can hear you very well. Lovely. Thank Welcome you for the space. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. It's great to have you. Thank you. Thanks. Um, so maybe we'll just give you one or two minutes to uh, um, take a deep breath. <laughs> and uh, then we, um, we, can, we can sort of rope you into the um, discussion. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely just wanted to to agree with you there, um, Alex, on the sort of a question about the career progression. And uh, I think it's also something that that is definitely um, that can definitely change over time. Is that you know maybe in the beginning you feel like it's not important at all, and then maybe at some point you mm-hmm. realize that this sort of external um, approval, in a way, or external confirmation is is actually quite nice and maybe maybe helps you because. Uh, it was always my impression that, especially as a freelancer, um, you always also have to motivate you in a way. No, I mean to sort of keep growing, keep you know maybe adding new skills or maybe adding new languages. And for some people, it, it may come very easily um, to add these new skills or maybe add new languages to to the combination. For others, it might be really hard to um, to find that motivation. So sometimes, just having this incentive in a way from the outside. Uh, mm-hmm. might make mm-hmm. it a little bit easier i don't know yeah i think as as we're how many uh we're 23 people in this room so i um that that's by the way a lot and and i'm, I'm seeing a lot of um a lot of my twitter friends it's it's really yeah. nice to have you <laughs> knowing that there's you know there there's this this actual 3d person sitting right there right now and uh, i I think we'd we'd find 23 different sets of preferences in in this uh in this matter and uh and again if if my personal example helps in any way uh, now that i'm uh that i've been pondering very seriously seriously upon upon actually um uh doing some other thing permanently i've also realized that this has been the case since the very beginning i've always been keen on doing different things next to being an Mm -hmm. interpreter i feel like alexander applies a little bit to you as well since since um (laughs) you you said that you were you 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 had never considered uh being uh retiring as interpreter right uh so so this is part of his mindset I, i i think that that you're always ready to to maybe do something else. It's not necessary. It's not written in stone that that you'll interpret and always be one. Yeah, but I, th- I think that was maybe just I don't know maybe just a function of um, the fact that um, interpreting wasn't my dream job. I mean, as I said, I really uh, enjoyed it. It was really great. But 
and not something that I knew at the age of five I always wanted to be. So the, <laughs> the, the thought was always, I don't have to be uh, an interpreter when I retire. There might be other things to explore, um, definitely. But we've talked about a lot of reasons here why people might ponder a, a career change. Um, and there's actually one big one that I want to get to, which is um, related to interpreting specifically. But maybe we can bring in Ursula at this point, um, who is a career coach. So I'm wondering, um, when you when you work with clients, um, do you see trends? Um, what are what is the motivation for people to to make change in their career? Um, is it really different for everyone? Are there some sort of bigger categories of, of reasons for people to change career? Can you can you comment on that? Uh, sure, I can try, but it, it's it's a pretty big question. I would yeah. probably start with two broad categories: so people who are sort of forced to change, um, and people who for whom the change is a sort of um, you know internal need and a longer process, or so something that comes from within. Mm -hmm. um, I work on outplacement projects sometimes. So these are projects where people are just um, laid off or, um, you know, there's a group, uh, there's a restructuring process. So pe people have to find something else. Yeah. <clears throat> And it's a slightly different, uh, slightly different process to work with a client who basically has no choice uh, and has a limited time to uh, to make a career change than to work with someone who, um, who actually decided that there's an itch, yeah, that, that there's something maybe not quite right with the current job and they are either looking for something more or there's, you know, that, that there's um, there's a gap somewhere or perhaps there is something really very wrong with the current job that they're doing. So um, I would say, unfortunately, this is uh, something that every career coach or consultant would tell you that it does depend on the person. Um, People look, people do, um, people work for very different reasons and they look for different things in their jobs. I think you mentioned a lot of really interesting things uh, mm. when you were talking about how you got into interpreting. Mm, it's, sometimes it's social, so it's for, you know, because uh, you're looking for fantastic people to get inspired by and to learn from. Uh, and to work with uh, sometimes it's you know just wanting to be competent in something to um, sometimes it's for security sometimes it's for challenge sometimes it fits with your lifestyle so there's yeah a lot of different things mm. yeah the, the lifestyle thing is actually it's great that you mentioned it because mm -hmm. of course you know changes in the family situation can also um, prompt a, a change in career I think Absolutely. we haven't mentioned that at all so far you know having kids and i think that that applies both to women and men you know having kids yeah. or um maybe even losing someone in your family there can be so many family uh, related reasons Absolutely. as well to make a change so i'm, I'm glad you, you're bringing that up um and uh, I'm, i'm glad you mentioned also the uh, the point of the the change being forced upon you mm -hmm. because the, This is, uh, you said that there are, of course, problems like, you know, people being laid off and, mm -hmm. and that can that can prompt a, a career change. But um, maybe opening this this up for, for discussion as well, because as I said in the beginning, you're, you're very welcome, everyone here to, to chime in as well. Um, there is, of course, a bit of an elephant uh, in the room for interpreting, which is the whole discussion um, around technology, artificial intelligence, and, um, you know, speech technology, and so on and so forth. There are actually a lot of people working on 
making translation or let's let's say solving the problem of translation and interpreting and um, we can of course have uh, a discussion about how realistic that is and how soon that's going to happen or if it's going to happen at all but that's not the topic tonight but what i'm wondering is and and again i would really like to open that question to everyone is um does is that a factor is is that something that would prompt people to rethink whether they want to stay in interpreting, whether they want to start in interpreting in the first place, the whole sort of threat of robots taking over, whether that's realistic or not, again, uh, is, is a different discussion. But uh, I don't know if any of you um, sort of think about that because you know, for a long time, remote was kind of the big elephant in the room and then COVID came along. And of course, it wasn't an easy process, but the process took place and now remote is kind of part of the, portfolio um in a way and definitely a big part of people's professional life so i'm just wondering how the language technology ai part um whether that gives people fear i guess to to make the the question perfectly obvious or oh, i don't know alex if you have any uh, any thoughts on that um, obviously, I do. But I, I would very much, uh, I would very much like to avail of this opportunity to um, to really open the floor for uh, whoever likes to would like to um, to contribute. And then I, I would I could also disclose the reason why uh, why Ursula uh, is uh, is the choice for the choice the expert of choice for tonight because we've got some. There, there's some interesting background and interesting conversation behind this uh, relative to what we have heard and what we might hear in, in, in a minute. But I'd love if, mm -hmm. if, uh, to, to, really, to really say that. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did, because the, the, the fear that you've, you've mentioned that the elephant in the room is definitely mm -hmm. there. And uh, I, I doubt there is there is a single interpreter or translator, and uh, you name it, because we're not the only profession that's that's affected, that's being affected, that or that will be affected by by technology in in the near future. So, so I'm I'm guessing that this this kind of concern uh, will be present across, um, or is present across many different industries. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it, it definitely is a, well, in a way, it's a media phenomenon. You know, the whole thing about technology is coming for your job, or here's a list of 20 professions that will be redundant in five years. And, you know, it's it's a it's not really so much about whether that's true or whether that's realistic or whether it even makes sense. But I'm just wondering, at least subconsciously, it must kind of play a role um, in... in um, Yeah, and people's career decisions as well. I don't know, Ursula, if you, if you can speak to that. I mean, you've, you've mentioned that you work with clients who uh, get laid off. Do, do you know sometimes about the background? Uh, are these often layoffs or redundancies that are related to technology? And um, does that also sort of influence people's decision afterwards? Are they trying to get more tech-savvy, upgrade their skills? I don't know if you can you can speak to that a bit maybe. That's a super interesting question. I'm I'm trying to think whether I've uh, ever had anyone who was who cited this as a direct uh, cause for their career change. Um, mm. I I do work occasionally with people in manufacturing, so you know obviously that's uh, something that happens. 
but I th- I think it's more. Um, I can't think of anyone for whom that would be the main reason, but uh, for, for leaving right. one profession and going into another. But it definitely is um, a factor, and it definitely is a theme when people are, um, you know, thinking about maybe doing some courses or uh, upgrading their skills, and definitely, you know, going digital. Um, so marketing is a profession that was highly and heavily affected uh, at the mm. beginning of the COVID pandemic. And a lot of people who were laid off uh, at that time were um, uh, were very, uh, uh, very often going into, you know, do, doing additional training to make sure that they're mm-hmm. competitive. Yeah. So that would be one example. Great. Question. Yeah. Um, uh, another sort of interesting thought that, I just saw in a in a back channel comment. Let's just say is um, that maybe career changes is a bit of an unfortunate um, word because sometimes it can be more of a um, career alteration, or maybe it's it's more like a case of um, branching out and maybe adding um, adding different or other things to your to your freelance profession. I don't know, Alex. Have have you done that to to some extent? I mean, the natural thing usually to do is, I think, to to also add translation or other sort of more strictly language-related things. But I think that there are probably more possibilities in in terms of you know just branching out and diversifying your um, your freelance business to to kind of f- um, future-proof your profession or to be less dependent on one specific activity. Mm-hmm. I- I'm going to be a yes man for tonight because I'm. Everything you ask me, I always say yes, absolutely. And this is part of what I've already said. I think, I think in in the beginning that uh, that I've always been keen on doing different things. So, so this is part of it. Uh, this is part of the philosophy, if you if you will. So, so yeah, translation is certainly a a very natural choice for for many of us. Um, although, in, in, in personally, my goal was has always been to remove the translation from from from, from this equation, and only do it if, if absolutely necessary. You know. Yeah, and that was the 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 sort of the uh, the way to to measure my own success in front of myself. But did did I have to do any translation last month? No, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> So, I like that. Yeah, so, yeah that's, not that's everybody a, enjoys it, and I think that's that's totally fair. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I'm I'm completely true. I stand true in front of you. That's stark naked in, in this in this case. I, I absolutely despise uh, trans. I do it, and uh, sometimes it's 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 even comfortable to, to accept some some assignments. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm definitely not made for this, and I I I. I don't like spending so many hours in front of the screen sure. um, and and just typing so so but that's really personal again uh, in terms of um, branching out and expanding that that's that's a very interesting take on this because yeah I feel we're a little bit stuck with with this uh, dichotomy with this this binary take and you know you do one job or you do another job and and mm-hmm. you can't do both for some reason, or uh, that you can't be two things at once. And right. in, in the recent years, I feel that this this has changed a lot, right? Because because the, the job market has, has evolved, has changed a lot as well. Um, 
but I've always been super interested in journalism, for example. And uh, mm-hmm. and when there was this, um, when there was the <laughs> the, um, the climate summit uh, in Poland that was in 2018, I think that was December 2018. Yes, right. Yes. When when Poland was the yeah was the the, the host country. And, uh, you know, there were offers for, for interpreters, of course, but as it usually happens in, on the Polish market, uh, such mass events uh, require massive participation and would require massive, you know, amount of interpretation services, which yeah. unfortunately leads to a situation where uh, there's lots of assignments, but they're rather poorly paid. Mm. Um and I, I, I hadn't received any any interesting ones really. Later on, I did, but but uh, when the, the, during the planning period, I I didn't. And uh, a friend of mine said, "Hey, they, they need an extra journalist to report from the from the summit for this for this think tank outlet, whatever, and they need to do it in English." Okay. So so I thought yeah. about you because that's your that's your hometown, right? Or something. And I said yes, and I just all of a sudden I spent two weeks in Katowice reporting from the summit. You know. That was fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fantastic. Exactly because um, th- that's that's one thing I wanted to to get to actually, and we should probably think about. Uh, we we can do maybe a Q and A at the end, but sort of slowly yeah, wrapping things up um, as well. I, I would like to hear maybe in a few minutes from from Ursula if you have a good um, tip for people who are sort of pondering a career change, career sure. alteration. If there are any good techniques, um, but um, before that, maybe we can just explore one more thing, which is the phrase "just an interpreter," which also came up uh, in in one of the tweets here um, with hashtag one MT career. Is that th- this is a phrase that gets used so often? You know, I'm I'm just the interpreter when when you have small talk at the at the buffet, you know, at a conference, and and people approach you and talk to you and say, "Oh, I'm just the interpreter," which I know it's just a phrase, but in a way, it it always gave me food for thought. And no, we're not just the interpreter. You know, we're we're full professionals. We um, we do our job very well. So why do we call ourselves just the interpreter? And that sort of made me think about that. We actually do have um, a lot of skills that we can offer, and that we can maybe apply in additional things that we add to our career, or that we can apply when we change careers as well. So you just mentioned that you had that interest in journalism that you wanted to pursue, um, I think probably communications just in general is also something that um, a lot of interpreters are really good at and, and where we have skills also. And we, all, we did indeed see, see yeah. people branching out that way, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Towards different jobs and in, in, in communication, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we really do have quite a lot of things to offer. And often it's things that are considered soft skills or, or maybe... Yeah, almost in a pejorative way, like the whole intercultural competence, you know, it it sounds very fluffy, but I think when you think about it, um, it's actually something that is really, really useful and can also be applied um, to other careers. And then the whole notion of being so curious about so many things and having seen and experienced so many things uh, once you've been an interpreter for, let's say, five or ten years, you've you've really seen a lot um, necessarily. So you really have a lot to offer. And I think that's um, if there is kind of a, a takeaway or a lesson uh, from this thing, I think it would be that we, as interpreters, give ourselves a little bit more credit um, for the things we know, the things we do, and also the skills we have, and that we are in fact, um, you know, not 
just interpreters, but um, you know, for professionals, and especially if you're a freelance interpreter, you also have a whole bunch of business skills. You know, you're running your own business. I mean, that's I think that's really really um, impressive, uh, at least to me as someone who's never been you know a real freelancer for any long stretch stretch of time. Oh, but um, I can so, I can fully yeah. confirm your feeling because it's it's great that you've brought this up because um, it's it's often um, just not mentioned I think uh, the, the the this business skills part because I've been uh, well I've been negotiating this this new position for for a couple of weeks now a couple of months actually and and mm-hmm. I must say these you know, years of freelancing come in really handy. Mm-hmm. because uh, ultimately you at least have the mindset that you know that maybe they're not your cl- the, the the company that that's about or that's interested in hiring you or that you're interested in in being hired by mm-hmm. um you realize that they've got their interests and you've got your interests and uh, ultimately you don't want to um I mean you, you what you do is is to 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 have your interest recognized, right? Yes. Or, or however, however you call it, but but that's it's not. Maybe it sounds very cynical now, but um, <laughs> it's it's ultimate. It's business. That's why I'm why I'm getting at. It. It's business. It's not about uh, you know making them happy or or them making you happy. It's we're negotiating mm-hmm. business now, and you must send your ground. You must uh, voice your concerns. You. You must have, you know, clear goals when when discussing not only salary but working conditions and so on and so forth. Yes. And and years of, of of freelancing just make you aware of all these things. That 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 also they make you aware that, you know, you can make some concessions here, and uh, gain something else there. That it's yeah. that it's all about having this conversation. That you know. That these these interests of the company and and yourself that they they talk sort of and they can be um, this puzzle can be solved <laughs> in many different ways. Absolutely, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, Ursula, maybe we we can get you to to chime in on this. Um, sure. Yeah, I don't know if the question was too broad, but uh, I guess I'm I'd be interested in in how you work with people. I mean, if you can just describe mm-hmm. it very briefly to yeah i guess to to encourage them as well you know or to maybe yeah motivate them as well to take the leap yes or you know how how do you even get started when you when you sort of think about that sure okay so uh, uh, there's maybe one thing that i i thought uh could be worth saying um so something that you you both mentioned um which I think is 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 very important because it goes against what many people believe about career changes. Um, it's it's pretty rare that someone um, someone um, who is considering a career change is going to have an aha moment, just a, a quick moment of okay, this is the option for me, a kind yeah. of binary thing. So Alex was mentioning, you know, binary choices. I'm finishing career A and then I'm starting career B it's very often a very non-linear process so you you talked uh, a bit about branching out trying new things side projects exploring your interests mm. very often you do this without knowing where it's going to take you so it's a bit of an adventure a bit of an unknown it's mm. a kind of agile process so uh, you're kind of learning on the go you're seeing where uh, you know exploring um, and also learning um, 
perhaps sometimes, uh, you know, it seems like it's a dead end street, but sometimes it actually opens up another portal into another, another little um, career path. Uh, but Definitely. it might take a moment. It might take you back to something of you know something familiar, or it might lead you down a, you know a kind of a, 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 yeah a, a dead end street. So that would be one thing. It's not necessarily linear. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes you kind of go back to your comfort zone, uh, yeah. and it's worth knowing this because then you don't feel so guilty or weird for you know for having doubts for um, having a, a, an off day. Yeah, when when things are yeah. not going super well. That would be one thing. And the second thing, um, you uh, you mentioned something absolutely beautiful. I think it's a really, really important theme that we we tend to take what we know after all the years that you've put into one profession. Um, we yeah. tend to take it for granted. So we kind of downplay it. So we think, okay, it's just interpreting, right? But there's a, mm -hmm. a myriad of skills that you have. Uh, business skills, as you mentioned, soft skills, uh, transferable skills. There's really a lot going uh, going into that profession of, of really a lot of sophisticated things that you can offer to um, to uh, to employers or to clients, depending on what what route to take. And I can recommend a, a couple of things if someone is considering um, considering a change, just really quickly. Mm. One, and it's always a good start, and it's what every coach will tell you, think about your goals. So think about how you want to feel in your new job or it, on the new career path. Think about what criteria it needs to, to meet. So what, what are your parameters of a dream job? Uh, what's important to you in the job? What, what role it should have in your life? But the second, um, the second thing is a really cute exercise. Which, which, uh, which is basically like a two-minute uh, or three-minute um, exercise where you think about the biggest achievement in your career so far, something that you're really, really proud of. You write, write it down really briefly um, at the top of a piece of paper, and then you set a timer for two or three minutes, uh, and then you try to list all the little skills, the little skills and the big skills that went into it. It could be something as silly as you know being able to type Mm, or being able to use the computer, to use the internet, to research things, to speak mm. a language, to communicate with people, to explain things to people. But you keep writing until you're sick and tired of writing or until the timer goes off. Um, and have a look at how much actually goes into that, just interpreting. Yeah. So um, it, it tends, you know, it, it tends to be uh, be quite a, a revelation sometimes. So you know, a couple of aha moments there. Oh, I really love that exercise. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> I, right. I, yeah that's that's great. Thanks so much for sharing that. It, it, a disclaimer: kind of I think I, I still have have a picture of my my uh, sheet of paper after doing this exercise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <okay>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want to keep that, probably, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, good that's a nice reminder. I think yeah. you've, you've forgotten to mention that it, it's worth keeping it, even if you don't feel like True. like yeah, analyzing it and, and going through all of this uh, once again within an hour or so. Take mm -hmm. a look at this uh, in six months' time, for example. That's, oh, yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah, it's, it's a really great exercise. And um, I did something similar. That's That would be kind of my um, final remark, I guess, on this one, is that, of course... Um, it, it will be, as you just said, Oshila, and I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out, is that it, it can be a, a sometimes difficult path and that there will be setbacks or even failures. 
Yeah. So I, I wrote um, a lot of applications, so internal applications for different posts, and, and most of them were unsuccessful, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and then you kind of get better every time. Um, I also took a bit of career training and career advice, um, which was extremely helpful. So if that's something that you're interested in, I would definitely recommend that. And um, yeah, and, and I think similar to that exercise that you shared with us, writing uh, an application and a motivation letter is is really interesting because it leads you to yeah exploring what you actually can do and all the things that you know and and master and it's also a bit a bit of soul searching is you know because um people will want to know why you apply for this post and then you kind of have to think about that yeah. um and have to write that down so it's it's um it's a tough exercise but i think it, it can be really really um rewarding you just have to accept that maybe there will be some some failure along the way, but that usually in the, in the long run or in the end, it'll be it'll be rewarding. So um, that, that will be kind of my <laughs> final remarks for this. Um, Alex, over to you for um, anything you want to share with us before we wrap things up. Uh, yes, <laughs> something that's that's been uh, latent here uh, and um, impersonated by Ursula is the fact that the, the very idea of, of inviting Ursula stemmed from from one exchange that we had on Facebook, which was, Ursula, do you know, do you know which one I mean? I, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued, actually. It's, uh, it was the one about <laughs> vocation. You know, mm -hmm. you shared this, uh, this, this picture, right? With, because Ursula has been on her, on her fan page on Facebook, uh, has been sharing recently these, uh, these quotations from from many different by, by well made by many different people who work in different businesses and um, and also uh, well insides of experts right into the world of of labor and uh, one of them was was about vocation and that, that there's actual research uh, on what what is vocation <laughs> how how it can be defined and so on um, and uh, having read that, because th there was there was this quote by some some um, from some scholar, some American scholar, if I remember correctly, that said that you know vocation is basically can be defined as as doing the same job for many years because because then you become proficient, you become um, very uh, very confident in what you do, uh, and so on and so forth, and it seemed very reductive. Uh, to me, mm -hmm. uh, because I feel that uh, the, the our profession, at least, and I'm sure there are many more, um, gives us this kind of meaning and this 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 non-material uh, kind of reward very early on. You 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 can have zero mm -hmm. experience as interpreter and and feel very mm -hmm. um, necessary in certain situations, right? And yeah. that. And it, which which isn't actually the most important thing here, because the most important thing here is that this becomes an identity. And now, mm -hmm. if you want to switch jobs, effectively, what you need to do is you need to say no to to your former self, not to your yeah. former job. Wow. And again, it's I'm sure it's not exclusive to to us. We're not super special in this in this uh, aspect. I'm. I'm, I'm certain, but it, it really is a difficult thing to do if you think about it. Mm. 
I so absolutely agree. <laughs> I have to, yes, I have to recommend my my all-time favorite book called Working Identities um, by Professor Herminia Ibarra. And it's exactly about that, that changing uh, professions is much more than just changing a job. So uh, Working Identities is about the, the, the messy, nonlinear process of becoming some <laughs> someone else, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a, a great thought. It, it's kind of a thought where we could start the second hour of the discussion, but maybe it's also a good <laughs> thought <laughs> where, we, where we close the discussion um, and, and maybe just give it as, as food for thought for um, everybody listening in. So if you have been listening, thank you so, so much. This was um, a bit of an experiment, but at least for me, it was a lot of fun. So um, thanks a lot to oh, yeah. um, Alex for being game and thanks um, very much to Ursula for joining us and Thank you so much. sharing uh, a lot of useful tips and um, definitely this this exercise should be something that a lot of people might want to try um, it sounds really really interesting so thanks for Thank sharing you. with us thanks um, for having me yeah thanks for joining us so um, this has been uh, this Twitter space about leaving interpreting. I hope the the intention has been clear. You know that we we were just trying to discuss this topic openly and, and not trying to uh, entice anyone to to make any harsh changes um, recently. Um, so thanks for joining us. And uh, it, by by all means, keep sharing your your stories, your questions, your thoughts um, with the hashtag one nt career. We can definitely keep the conversation going on Twitter. For as long as we still have it, who knows, with recent news, uh, <laughs> things things might be changing, but um, we will definitely um, continue, continue the discussion. So thanks for joining us and have a great evening. Have a great day, um, everyone, and see you soon online. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks, thank you, bye. Alexander. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Ursula, for accepting the, the invitation. And it, it's been amazingly easy to set up this Twitter space. I feel that this is, yes. this is a great thing about, about this feature. Uh, let's hope it stays. <laughs>